There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Comedian Ron White cracks up the anthem in D.C. tonight as part of his farewell comedy tour. We spoke in 2015 when he played the Warner Theater in D.C., breaking down his rise to blue-collar comedy fame alongside Jeff Foxworthy, Bill Engvall, and Larry the Cable Guy. I'm here with Ron White, who you guys will all remember from the Blue Collar Comedy Tour. One of the funniest of the group, if you ask me. Thanks so much for taking the time out of your day to join us. Well, thank you very much for having me on your fine radio show. Uh, you know, I'm running for president, so I may be coming back to uh, to live there. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we're on Pennsylvania Avenue. Is it President Tater Salad or President Could White? Be. Yeah, President White. Oh, the White well, House. The Ron White House, yeah. Yeah, the Ron White House. <laughs> well, Let me tell you this. I just got through doing that. I got to tell somebody. I just got through doing this interview for Bentonville, Arkansas, which is where Walmart's out of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, this this DJ, he says, so, Rod, you know, you've really exaggerated voice like the 80s and 70s. Yeah. And uh, he, he goes, Rod, any type of celebrity calls our radio station, which I'm sure is all the time. <laughs> and uh, we always ask him the same question. If you could have a conversation with anybody, living or dead, who would it be? And I said, living. <laughs> That's he, great. He tried to explain it to me. No, what I'm saying is, if you could pick anybody, whether they're alive, dude, I get it. I'm a joke writer. <laughs> That's just, he he had to. He felt the need to over-explain it. He didn't even get the joke. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even get the joke. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> I, know, I know, I know, I know. I'm throwing my pearls to the swine here. Yeah, I don't think he's voting for President White. <laughs> he, he's not in your demo. <laughs> well, there's you know there's a big portion of this uh, country that's just ball stupid. So, <laughs> you know, you can't worry about them anyway. That's your, you know, snake handlers and your meth heads and your, you know, whatever. So if there was uh, someone dead or alive, who, which one would you rather do? I'd rather just talk to an alive person. <laughs> exactly. Or, that's a, No, you answered yeah. it perfectly. All right. See, he, at T.O.P., we just, we get the joke and we roll with it. It's perfect. Um, right, so, there you go. So what, uh, what can we expect at, at the show uh, on the 13th? Um, let's say maybe some folks haven't, haven't uh, been, been following your, your comedy since maybe, let's say, the blue collar stuff. What kind of stuff are you going to do? What uh, topics do you tackle? Well, you know, I don't know. It's a pretty scattered shot, but it's, uh, it's what my fans have come to expect. Uh, you know, I'm going to gut you like a catfish and <laughs> leave you laying there on the pier. Uh, you, you know, you'll leave hurt and, uh, and, uh, and I won't apologize. That sounds lovely. We can't wait to get yeah. gutted. You know, are you, uh, right. are you going to have your I'm warm and tender that way? <laughs> I don't know why you don't put that on the marquee. Like come in if you want to get gutted. Right. I think it'd sell tickets like crazy. <laughs> exactly. You, I, did you know you're following Wanda Sykes? She's there this weekend. 
No, she's one of my favorite comedians and also one of my favorite people. She is just hilarious, and I just love her to death. We, we, I did something that she hosted once back before anybody knew who I was, and she was just a just a doll to work with. And my and my wife, who's a singer songwriter and a voiceover person, can do her perfectly, and it's just hilarious. Oh, she can impersonate her. Yeah, well, she can impersonate anybody, but she or Wanda Sykes is just dead on funny. I wonder. I'm at the tennis. I can't do it, but yeah, no, no. I want to see her do you though. Actually, can your wife do an impersonation of you? Oh yeah, absolutely. You know how they always say like our you know our spouses know us better than we do. Does she actually sound more like you than you do? Well, I don't know about that, uh, <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> Who's to say it's not happening already? I don't know. I That's, really don't know. I'm, I'm probably talking to your wife right now and don't even know it. You could be. That could be her. <laughs> exactly. So uh, yeah, are, let me check. Nope. No, I'm me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. As far as we know. Um. So are you are you gonna have? Uh, does the Warner Theater let you bring a little uh al- glass of alcohol out on stage? I know that's sort of your thing. That and the smoke a little bit, and it's kind of your uh, yeah, your vibe. As, as a matter of fact, let me make sure this is true. Uh, I believe that my wife is going to come out and do four songs with her badass guitar player, Jimmy Malis. Nice. And uh, if you've never heard Margo sing, you're in for a real treat. She'll she'll sing a whole right straight through you before I gut you. <laughs> and then her brother, who's my business partner, we own a tequila company together, uh, uh, and we've been doing stand-up together for 30 years. Uh, so we started together, and so he'll come out and do 15 minutes, and then I'll come out and do an hour 15. And I'll just smack you around at will. There's nothing you can do about it once you're in the room. I didn't know you had a tequila company. What's the what's the company? Number one. Nice. Like the name Juan. Oh, number one. Gotcha. All right. Does it go down pretty smooth? Yeah. I'm a tequila guy. Oh, are you? Oh, it's the best tequila you've ever tasted in your life. Uh, we've been in the country for uh, 24 months with it. We've won nine gold medals, two silver medals, in five competitions, uh-huh. uh, and all of them double blind taste tests. And uh, it's just, and that's how we got in the business. He's from Mexico. My last family's from Acapulco, and a good friend of his founded on this tequila crawl, and uh, and Alex brought it back and said, "Man, you got to come over to uh, Tequila, Mexico, and and you come to this place." And I I did. I went over there, and it was just it's the ugliest, dustiest distillery in all of Mexico. There's like nearly <laughs> dead dogs laying around. And I'm like, "This is it." And Yummy. Goes, well, you taste it. And so you know, it, 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 it wouldn't leave us alone. It was so gl- so delicious. I mean, I, I don't even drink scotch anymore. I drink my extra Nieto. <laughs> so, and I, but I'm not here to talk about that. I'm, yeah, but yeah, it, yeah. It, it, But if you go to taterstequila.com, dot com, we'll send it right to your house. Oh, that's awesome. That we'll have to check that out. So you mentioned, t- yeah, you, I mean, you'll, 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 you won't believe it. You got that that whole tater salad joke just really took off. It's to the point that now you're almost like you just said you're kind of branding with it now in your own products and your comedy acts and everything. Um, are you surprised how much that took off, or did you know it was freaking funny the first time you came up with it? Oh, I'm surprised any of it took off. <laughs> I I really didn't. I never saw this coming. I never saw this kind of success coming. Yeah. Uh, even though it happened to Jeff, you know, and he was standing right next to me when it happened to him. And I, I still didn't see it happening to me. And uh, so I was, uh, you know, as surprised as anybody. No. Uh, but the popularity of that particular bit, which I have, I've, I've done it one time on stage in 12 years. Wow. Uh, and that was in uh, at Madison Square Garden. I quit doing it. Anytime I film something, I quit doing it. Uh, it's the only way to stay relevant and, uh, and the only way to make yourself work to replace all of it, to get it out of the act. And so you, you know, so I'm coming back with another show. And, uh, so that's what, that's the way I work. And, 
So I hadn't done that bit in 12 years, but I was going this year. I played uh, Madison Square Garden. I usually play Radio City Music Hall. And, and I thought, you know what? They'd love it if I did that bit there. And I, and I genuinely didn't know it because it's eight minutes long. And I had to go back and get a blue collar album out and listen to it three or four times before I knew it again. And I went out and did it. And it was fine. I won't do it again. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, well, it, but it was fine. But you got to keep them, you know, you got to keep them waiting for that. And they force yourself to come up with new stuff. So that's good. Yeah, it's a, it, it's the way it has to work. Now you mentioned you mentioned uh, Jeff Foxworthy a second ago. Um, were you were you guys the four of you guys? You Bill, um, Larry, and and you and and Jeff. Were you guys close before that tour, or how how did that tour actually come together? If, if our listeners don't know, well, I was already uh, working with Jeff, and Jeff and I. Jeff saw my first show ever. Uh, I was on stage in uh, in uh, Arlington, Texas, for my first set. I came in and. And uh, to do a four-minute set, and I was nervous, and I went straight to the bar and ordered a beer and a shot of tequila. And Alex Ramundo, my brother-in-law now, handed me the beer and the shot of tequila. He was the bartender. And uh, Foxworthy was the headliner in the club that week. And I went up and did my four-minute set, and I, I came off, and he said, uh, man, you are funny, but you need to put the punchline at the end of the joke. <laughs> and I was like, oh, how do you do that? And, and that's just how generous this guy is. Right. You know, it, his nature is generous. He sits down with a brand new comic and teaches him something about structure, you know. That's awesome. And that, uh, now I can't even imagine how you would do it wrong, but it's but but because I've done it for you know now I've done it for twenty nine years. Sure. But that's the weird thing that happened twenty nine years ago. Wow, that is that's that's wild, and and I'm sure the the blue collar thing is longer the longer ago than we think too. But it's it's those jokes are still bouncing around in in all our heads. So I mean, hey man, I mean that that really really put you guys on the map. Tell me a little bit about. Oh, yeah. Do you mind telling me a little bit about um each of those guys? Just real quick, rapid fire. So say something. I mean, I know you you gave a little tidbit about about Foxworthy, but what makes him so so gifted? Well, you know, he's one of the, he's so, I don't know if you know this or not, but he sold more albums than Pryor and Cosby combined. Wow. Uh, oh, yeah, I had a couple of them. <laughs> not counting the uh, millions and millions and millions of blue collar albums that you guys bought. Thank you very much from the bottom <laughs> of my heart. I don't know where I'd be without it. Right. And uh, his generosity, my success came from Jeff's generosity to share a state. And, uh, and so did Bill's and so did uh, Dan Whitney, Larry the Cable Guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all great guys. They're all dear friends. Uh, Dan Whitney's one of the quickest guys off stage, uh, mentally. Uh, he's the only one of the four of us with a degree. Uh, I don't have a high school education and I'm running for president. So that somebody's going to bring that up, I think. Um, but I, I got, I've got, I've got answers for everything. And uh, most of the answers are, uh, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, and, and you know, Bill Ingvall's just a, he's just a sweetheart of a man and, uh, and a dear friend, and I, I wouldn't know what to do without. I don't know. There was something about, like, each of the four of you brought something different to the table. It was, uh, neither, neither one of you was so much like the other one, but put you, put you all together in the, in the same room, and you got a little, a little of everything. Um, talk about Yeah, just... it was kind of magic, and, and, uh, you know, it seemed like it was when we were doing it, you know, because we had so much fun. And uh, we toured for three years, mm-hmm. and uh, you know most of it on Jeff's plane. And <laughs> and uh, but but what happened was we combined two tours. It was actually a guy named uh, Craig Hawksley and Bill were touring together, and mm-hmm. Bill was a pretty big comic, and uh, and Jeff and I and uh, Jeff's huge comic. So the Kings of Comedy had just happened, and they were gonna uh, that were doing huge numbers, and I didn't really know about it. And, 
uh, they were going to combine these two tours. But it, you know, it, it turned into something special and uh, it's something I'll always, uh, you know, hold dear. Um, in real life, I'm a little rowdy for those boys, to tell you the truth. <laughs> uh, they can't hang. But, uh, well, you know, they got corporate stuff, and I don't. I, I had to buy a tequila company to get to get a sponsor. <laughs> so, but uh, no, they're all great guys. But you know, if you take money from Prilosec, you wake up in the morning wondering what Prilosec thinks about what you said. And I don't want to live like that. I want to say whatever I want to say, whenever I want to say it. And, uh, you can take so, whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I don't have to. I don't even have to take that. <laughs> oh, that's. And then I'm also, his life isn't good enough. Uh, I got him on a series, a new Showtime series. Uh, uh, start filming in March. Oh, nice. What's that uh, one about? It's called Roadies, and uh, it's about uh, this huge rock band, like a Pearl Jam size, maybe. And mm-hmm. uh, but it's about the back of the house. You never see the band, and. Uh, uh, or you didn't in the pilot anyway. And uh, it's uh, written and directed by Cameron Crowe, executive produced by J.J. Abrams. Dang. Uh, it's a big project. And uh, they picked me to be uh, the the road manager. And when I was out reading for it, I told him he'd probably take the easy way out and hire an actor. But, uh, he, uh, it, it, was, it was absolutely amazing because my road manager was my best friend for 51 years and he was dying when I got the call right. and I was at his, you know, his bed in Cedar Sinai. And I said, Steve, I'm going to go read for this part. <laughs> he goes, go get him. You know, he'd been chewed, barbecued, poisoned, yeah. anything they could do to save him. And, uh, so I went down to Cameron Crowe's office and I sobbed for 20 minutes and, uh, <laughs> and got up and left. And I'm like, well, that didn't go very good. <laughs> and, uh, so Steve passed about a month later, and about a month after that, Cameron called me back and said, "Let's give, let's give this a try." <laughs> and, and I was still a complete wreck, you know. I, I right. lost my best friend. And, yeah, and uh, and my confidant, you know, we were together every day. Right. And uh, so, uh, you know, then uh, you know he they molded over. You know, he and I really got along good. So, it, you know, and that's what I go yeah. by. Whether or not I'm going to even take a show is if I don't really like the people because you're married to them for seven years. Sure, you got to eat and sleep and breathe with them for all that right. time. So, right. So, uh, so I'm I'm really excited about this. It's a uh, it's a cool project, and it's only ten weekends over ten weeks a year. So, right. Uh, I can still tour. You know, still do stand up and. You know, yeah. which is my first love, and my, and really my only love. Television is not that much fun to do. Stand up is real fun to do. Right, I'm sure it's an adrenaline rush. That's that's different than when you're taking multiple takes of stuff and you know shooting out of order and all that stuff. Um, what uh, you mentioned, Cameron Crowe. So it, it it's called Roadies. Is it like an almost famous or like a Spinal Tap or what's the, kind of the the feel? No, it's it, it, it's about a real rock band, and uh, but it's just about the characters are the people in the back of the house. So okay. it's. Uh, uh, it's, you know, it's really just the day-to-day function of that band as it interacts, you know, with people in their day-to-day, you know, what day-to-day lives. And, uh, Luke Wilson's the lead in it. Oh, nice. And, uh, Imogen Poots, I don't know if you know who she is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Amazing British actress. Although she's a, she doesn't, uh, she speaks with a, a really flat American accent in this, uh, and uh, does it with uh, no problem at all. Uh, it, it's got a great cast. It's, it's going to be. It's going to be fun to do. Oh yeah, yeah. A lot of people. I mean, she was in. Um, she was in uh, Twenty Eight Weeks Later, I think, and 
I think she was in that movie Need for Speed with um, Jesse from Breaking Bad. She's been in a lot of stuff. Emid, Emid right, Emid. right. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, cool. Um, well, that sounds awesome. What What's your sp- specific role in the show? I'm the road manager. Okay. I'm playing my friend. Gotcha. You're playing the one that passed away. I got you. Dang. Yeah. Man, oh man, that sounds uh, well. It sounds like it's going to be exciting and you know, fun and funny and all, but also heavy for you personally to to play such a role. So, man, that's going to be yeah, quite the. Yeah, but this character is very, very flawed and very emotional, and uh, and Cameron doesn't mind using that uh, Steve's <laughs> death to get to me to oh. to find emotion. And uh, you know, there was one time in my life I'd never cried about anything, and now I've had two friends die. Now I can just fall apart anytime and uh so which makes me a better actor i guess isn't that funny you have to go through some really horrible stuff but then immediately you can just tap into it on stage or wherever you are i guess huh yeah yeah that seems to be the case man oh man well um well i know you're coming to warner theater for comedy so i don't want to be all doing right right right, right. Yeah, let's bring it back around. No, there's not going to be any crying. Maybe you know, tears of laughter at Warner Theater, right? But there, there will be tears of laughter. There will be, and even more. <laughs> we're going to shed at before, before, yeah. after you gut us. Shit, I'm going to gut you first, then you're going to shed tears of laughter. <laughs> tears. Oh man, it's, it's going to be fun. I promise. Oh, that's gonna be fun. Um, all right. Well, I mean, I know you. I don't. I know you don't do any. You know, you don't like preview any bits because we don't want to blow any of the jokes. But you know, what are, is it gonna be? Do you when you come to DC? Do you try to make it a little more political? Do you or is it pretty much the same same you know set of jokes? No, or? it's more, it's the show that I'm working on now. Okay. So I, I live in in uh, L.A. So when I'm here every night, I go out to these clubs. There's uh, the the Improv on Melrose. There's the right. Comedy Store on. Sunset Laugh Factory, and I bounce around to those like all the big comics do, and little comics and like, all size comics, and uh, <laughs> I bounce around and work out the beats on new stuff. So this is just a, a show that I've been working on for two years or ever three years, ever since I uh, released a little unprofessional, and uh, so it's uh, you know I still do all that stuff to, to continue to make these shows. So this is just a show they haven't seen. Right, uh, but it it and and the, but the jokes get replaced one joke at a time, so I never wipe out a whole show and start over because you that's impossible. Definitely. So you just one joke at a time. If I write something funny enough to go in, which is very hard to do, uh, then I got to look at it and I got to pull something out, which is very hard to do because I also don't like to get longer than a minute and fifteen uh, or an hour and fifteen minutes. Now, I was gonna say we already yeah, passed we already passed that in our interview. I'm on borrowed time right now. We've been going way over a minute fifteen. So it's just a, you know, it's just more me. That's all. That's all it is, and it has not slowed down. That's awesome. Who makes you laugh? Is there anybody out there right now that you just, that just puts you in stitches? Uh, well, yeah, you know, I, I uh, Dave Attell. <laughs> get a chance to see him live. Yeah. He's crazy funny. Uh, golly. Um, or it could be past or present too. You know, anybody when you were coming up or anything. Yeah, well, there was a guy named Bill Hicks from Houston who probably had more effect on my show or my performances than anybody, and he was uh, he, he died too. <laughs> well, well, I'm, I'm tail spinning again. Somebody pull me out of it. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. But but anyway, uh, he he was just magnificent. Uh, yeah, I saw Chappelle the other day, and uh, that was a great show. Uh, Chris Rock is. Yeah, you know, might be the best. Just hysterical. Living they, comic. I, I I hang out in the clubs now, and 
You know, so I see guys, I don't know their names, you know, that, right. <laughs> that go up. I think Tommy's in pretty good hands, you know. It looks like the young guys are pretty funny, and uh, some of them, and, and, uh, and uh, the old guys seem to be funny. I don't know. I don't really keep up with it that much. I really kind of go in and do my thing and then uh, bounce to the next club and do it again. That's the thing. You can do those bits four times in an hour. And if you're in another city, you can do it once a week. Right. They're open mic night, so but you have to live by some places. There's a lot of clubs like this. Yeah, definitely. That's awesome. Well, we're definitely all looking forward to uh, to having you come here. It's going to be awesome. So uh, you know, get get your jokes ready, get the tequila ready, and we'll be waiting for you. Okay, you got it, man. Hey, thanks a lot for uh, putting me on your radio show. Uh, I'm sure you'll be able to carve this down to about three minutes. I'll carve it like you're going to gut us. Okay, buddy. Thanks a lot. <laughs> all right, Ron White on WTOP. Thanks so much for joining us on Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Remember to hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time. I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.